so you know I'm like a pretty positive person, but we're starting this podcast with some fucking anger because why is the UFC yeah, not promoting let's get, UFC I, that's smart. We should just get it out. You know? I, yeah, I mean, they tell you not to hold things in. Yeah. And we talked about it a little <laughs> bit last week, but this is this is getting outrageous. <laughs> I didn't think we need to talk about it. So we next need to week, talk about it because UFC won't talk about it. Yeah, no, power slap is too important and tough, <laughs> but tough is important in a way. <laughs> but anyway, we'll get to the big fight that's next week that the UFC is really not hyped up at all besides their countdown video, which was awesome, but they do that for every event. So it's nothing like different because this fight in particular you know, we've talked about it before. Islam Makhachev versus Alex Volkanovsky, 155-pound champ versus the 145-pound champ. 23-1 and versus 25-1. and In the midst of their primes, like, this is one of the best fights that the UFC will ever put together, and you would not know it by how it's, by how it's been promoted. I mean, you sent me that video of Dana completely... In Volkanovsky's home country, too. Yeah, you think that would, like, be a huge thing. Like, but no, they don't even talk about that. But, like, you sent me the thing. Dana doesn't even remember Islam's name. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, what is happening? Dude, I, I said this to you, like, a little bit before the pod, but I think some of it is the fact that he's probably, like, paying more attention to Power Slap, at, like, at, yeah. for now. Yeah, I mean, and all the other, you know, outside... Just drop my phone, but that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, so that's all right, but all even all the other, you know, freaking, like, which is like good, you know, like all the other business ventures, like good for you and all, Dana, but like, you know, you realize, which I'm sure he does realize, considering obviously what he said earlier, you're like, you know, the fight, you know, I forget how it was exactly, but along the lines of the fighters, you know, basically the UFC needing him, you know. Just can't run without him, yeah, dude. Can't run, can't without, run without him. him. So yeah, you would think that this would still be like, you know, at especially a fight like this and all the other fights that like, dude, you have John Jones coming back, you have Conor McGregor coming back. You would think all the other like, all these other fights too that the UFC has lined up for this year, and they have been promoting those, but and more than this one, and this one's next, like literally this coming week. I I don't even understand, like. I was watching like a lot of fights, like to break it down, like at a technical level, like in a little bit. But I, it's crazy. Like I'm barely closer now than I was before. But I, I'll tell you this: like I'm even more hyped because you watch these guys fight, and they're so technical, and they're truly two of the best in the world, in like that range of weight, and they're fighting in their primes. Like that's a big thing for me. Like nobody's past their prime, or this is one of these fights that you barely get in combat sports and the fact that it's been it's a champion versus champion fight too in volk's backyard like you mentioned and like this fight basically fell on dana's lap and it's just i don't know i think that it's tough that this fight hasn't been promoted the way it should be because this is a type of fight in my opinion that would get so many new fans into it. Like if they don't know who these guys are before, if they watch this fight, I think it's going to be one of the best like that. We'll see. I mean, the matchup is fantastic, but I don't know. I, I, what would be your early, like lean in this one? Like, do you have like, cause I obviously now that it's closer. I really tried to like think about it a little more, but I'm still, still kind of torn. I'm going to pull up the odds. I think well, I, my lean's Volkanovsky. I think he, I I think I've just seen more of him just like you know in just 
tough, bad, like, situations and predicaments and not, like, you know, he just has that, he just has that mindset and mentality of, like, you know, like, he understands, like, he's not Superman and he's not invincible, like, he, like, he's got, you know, he can be exposed just like everyone else can, especially in this fight with, you know, his opponent, obviously, but I just feel, you know, I think he, the way he just, like, I get reminded of, um, was it the Ortega fight where he was on his back and how he has to work from his back and stuff like I just think he's just you know his composure when he's in there all the time like you know he just he just oozes confidence throughout he doesn't you don't ever see you don't ever see him get like phased and I mean this is like this is gonna you know I guess like the only I guess you'd only see that if like is if Makisov just like just straight just tires him out with grappling and wrestling for all five rounds and like you just see like you you kind of see Volk fade and stuff in which case like Makhachev's gonna have the upper hand and, and then obviously with with Volkanovski coming up a weight class too it's interesting know, to so, think about because his speed is going to be affected but I still think he's going to be the faster fighter yeah but then I you think, wonder how his cardio is going to be with the extra weight exactly so. yeah because he's going to be doing a lot of I think he's going to need to do a lot of moving in this fight yeah. <laughs> if he's not getting up you know what I mean because even getting up is going to be a tough thing yeah but I like, still think and then he, on the feet gonna... too like just a lot of circling you don't want to get backed into the cage and you don't even want to get in any clinch situation with Makashev either yes so. I was thinking that too my thing when I was watching him fight he's very good at like I think he was doing this a lot against Chad Mendez Volkanovski when he fought him he would hit him with elbows to get out of it and I think that's something that's big that he should do against Islam I think Volk is going to be pressuring in this fight 100%. I think Islam will be the one on the back foot, and I don't think that's a bad thing for Islam either. I think Islam can work either way. But Volkanovsky's always been like the aggressor in his fights, besides maybe versus Holloway. Because um, in that one, that was just like a car crash. <laughs> but um, in this fight, I just think that I think Islam is going to have to mainly use like the clinch and the, and the wall. Like I think double legs and single legs are going to be hard against a guy like Volkanovski. And even if he gets them down, I think Volkanovski can pop right back up. Because the thing with like these Dagestani wrestlers is like they have this crazy strength. And that's something that I'm intrigued to see if it's going to be a big thing. Because I talked about for the Oliveira fight how much I thought that strength was going to be a factor. But one of the things that I really was kind of like gathering when I was watching fights for this one is like... I think both of these guys are going to be shocked at how strong the other one is. And yeah. really, this is going to come down to if Islam can hold Volk down. And he's not just going to be able to wrap his legs because Volk is like shorter and he's going to be able to explode out of that a little easier than some of these lightweights. And I do think that Volk is that guy. Like I think he's pound for pound number one for a reason. I mean, we've been talking him up on this pod for a long time. And this is really the fight where it's like, it's going to be tested because if he wins this fight, man, this is like getting near goat well, status. I'll give you, I'll definitely give you that credit. You've, you've been on before, like way before he was number one, like officially number one in the pound for pound rankings. Like, cause I was still, I was still about Us, uh, Usman being on, you know, on top over Volk. And then, you know, you were still on, you were on the Volk horse before, like, you know, Usman lost his title. And obviously and now Volk is like at this point where he is. So, yeah, like, you know, once again, to, like, kind of bring back the convo from last week about, 
you know, is Volkanovski like still underrated? Like how you can be number one in the world and still be underrated? This fight is going to, you know, it's going to answer a lot of questions. And then the, you know, the, well, another thing I mentioned last week about the Khabib factor, who's not going to be in Makachev's corner. Like, I don't that's not, see that. Well, I shouldn't say I don't think it's going to be a factor because I do. Well, think, yeah, but, for Makachev in particular, maybe not, but it's still. It's just like I, I a thing. would hate if Volkanovsky wins. And then people start to use oh, that well, as an excuse because, like, Islam's fought with without Habib in his corner. Like, this isn't the first time yeah. that this has ever happened. So, like, for if people like, and I'm not saying like you because obviously I know you're just bringing up a point because it is a point. Like, it definitely matters because this is someone who's been with him since he was a kid, pretty much. So, I think that it definitely is like a, a factor. But if anyone uses that to diminish like a Volkanovski win, I think that'd be criminal. And I think there's ways for, like, both of these guys to win. Like, I r- literally wrote down, like, a bunch as I was, like, just watching, like, the fights. One thing that I noticed that I didn't even think of really coming in, but, like, you know, when you watch the fights, you start to, like, think more technically about it. But Islam Makashev is a southpaw. So, like, Volkanovski has an inch reach advantage, but the fact that Vulcan, or that Islam is going to be fighting in that opposite stance, he's going to be, like, a little bit more out of range than he would be if he was standing the same way. And, like, that's obviously important. I mean, we've literally been doing that, like, in your training for the boxing match. Watch Mame Card Tiz if you haven't. Episode 1 is out. But, yeah, we got that secret juice. I forgot to put it out last week. I was pissed. But I think, you know, speaking of water, I think for Islam to win, he's going to have to drag Volk into the deep water, like you said. And I think it's going to have to look, honestly, a lot like the main event yesterday looked with uh, Spivak and Lewis. Like, I think that... Islam's going to have to take him down relentlessly. Because on the feet, Islam's a good striker. Like, people shouldn't sleep on his striking because he's got power. But Volkanovski, I think, is a top two to three striker in the sport. So it's different when you're on the feet with that guy. Just like it's different when you're on the ground with Islam. That's, like, why this fight's so intriguing. Because both of these guys are incredible in their own ways. But then even in the other person's wheelhouse, they still have like strengths and like there's reasons to think that maybe Volk won't dominate as much as we think he would on the feet or maybe Islam won't be able to control Volk easily on the ground because I truly think that neither of these guys have seen anyone like the other I think this is like truly pound for pound number one versus number two but the more I was I think especially Makachev yeah like Volkanovski's cleared out an entire division yeah it's crazy to think about that. Beat Max Holloway twice. Three so. times. Three times. That's right. Yeah. Three like, times. Is that, that's great. Like, that is unheard of. So. And beat Aldo. I, I mean, I think Volk, could, you could make the argument that he's the greatest featherweight of all time. I think if he wins this fight, he's in, like, legitimate. Not like, now let me be clear about this. Like, I'm not saying, like, he is the GOAT. But when you start winning fights like this against a guy who really not a lot of people are picking him to beat. If Volk can win this fight, man, and he'll be 26-1 and one with a win over Islam, then you already mentioned the wins over Holloway. He's beaten Aldo, Mendez, Ortega, Korean Zombie. Like, this dude's resume holds up, and he's proven that he is the, the dude that you don't want to mess with. And I like his mentality coming in, too, yeah, because he's not he afraid. Just, yeah, and he, like, he wants he – take, he, like, he takes a lot of pride in just being active. Yeah. Staying just – they just being just being in there and just taking on all comers. And this is truly a that type of fight because, you know, not a lot of people want yeah, to fight Islam. He, yeah. he wants this. Very much wants this. 
But he has like I don't know because you know you hear all the people. We everybody already knows how Islam can win this fight. It's taking him down, hold, holding him down is a key. I think that he's gonna have to use his upper body a lot more than his lower body personally. But and the thing is. He, I think he would have to, in my opinion, I think he'd, it'd be smarter to use ground and pound against Volkanovski rather than just straight submission attempts. Because you were talking about the Ortega fight. I mean, he escaped that one mounted guillotine. That was fully locked. Like, So this dude's not exactly easy to submit. Yeah. Even Brian Ortega, too, of all people. Yeah. Absolute freak. Jiu-jitsu freak. Like... See, like, this is my thing. Like, on the feet, it's just different with Volk because his feints are just something else he's got such a good jab when it coming forward and as a counter I think he's gonna kick the shit out of Islam's legs too I mean Islam puts a lot of weight on that front leg I think Volk would be smart to you know he should be careful about it obviously because all it takes is one catch of that leg and then you're down but Volk is so good at like managing his range and he's training with like some good people. He trains at a gym in Thailand too, like with his coaches that he's had with City Kickboxing. But Yuri trains there. Uh, Zhang Wei Li is trained there. And I didn't even know that. And he brought in Craig Jones too, again, for this camp. And Craig Jones, for anybody who doesn't know, probably the number two grappler in the world, like in jiu-jitsu. So he's, he's got like the training partners for this. Sheesh. But then you think about Islam's training partners and how you hear that Habib's gym does it. Like, the way Bilal Muhammad explained it on Joe Rogan, that shit's like a gauntlet. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, these guys are, like, sparring hard. Right? Like, it's crazy. Like, you're almost fighting, like, in these places. And these dudes have, like, the craziest discipline that you'll ever see. And I, this is what I'm saying. Like, you, you could go on and on about these guys and how good they are, everything that they're really good at, because they're both so good everywhere, on the feet, on the ground, submissions, ground and pound. It just, it's unbelievable. And this fight, like, this is why I wanted to talk about this so much, because this fight deserves its due promotion. Like, you know what I mean? This, I would pay a million dollars to watch this fight. And, like, you know, we, we were, like, talking about the UFC a little bit when they raised the pay-per-view price, talk about how this is going to drive viewers away. But if there's one card that I would say is worth the money that they're charging for it, this would be the one. Like, the undercard is good. You know, it's not the craziest that we've ever seen. But this main event, I think, is one of the best that they've ever made in the sport. Not just the promotion of the sport. And I think it's going to live up to the hype. But I agree with you. You know, back to your first point. I kind of, I'm leaning towards Volk. Yeah. But this, I'm not sure. This is this is I don't this is as far as betting goes, it's not a fight to bet on. I don't think it's tough. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna tell you the odds before when I pulled yeah, them up, but because the, the I mean, I'm Islam's sure, a heavy favorite. Like oh, heavy favorite. I mean, minus four hundred on Fanduel. So a head, I think a head fair, but in that case, but I didn't think the odds would be that. You know. Yeah, Volk. According, this is like, I mean, I could pull it up on like FanDuel or DraftKings on my yeah. phone, but like I'm on just like one of those sites that has yeah. like all the yeah. sports books. So, like DraftKings, uh, Volkanovski's a plus 300 underdog, and FanDuel is plus 285. So, yeah, I, I might, I might yeah. have to, I might put some money I on think, that. Yeah, that <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't, I mean, I'm sure Volkanovski realizes that. Like, yeah, you're the one coming up in the weight class. So, like, he's like, you're the one switching weight classes. So, you have to be, like, you have to be the underdog by default, pretty much. But 
I think I like Volkanov. The thing with Volkanovski is he's pretty much kind of like carried that underdog mentality like his entire career. Isn't it unbelievable that someone could be pound for pound number one in the world and they're the underdog? Like that that that, this is crazy. Like this is one of the best fights ever, dude. I'm sorry. That's the answer to Chael Sonnen's question. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like really, like. This dude's an underdog, and he's the best fighter in the world. Like, right now, you know, obviously John Jones is coming back, and that's going to be crazy yeah. in March. Good but. for, yeah, good for, good for Volk. He just keeps, like, finding ways to just, you know, just evolve and just, like, just he's keep motivated. putting, you know, not just his name out, his, his name out there, but, like, just, you know, just the sport and just, like, UFC in general. Like, all these guys, he's, like, like you just mentioned his, you know, his featherweight resume, and now you're now you're moving up to lightweight, who have you know a cream of the crop of just killers of their own. You're facing the champion, and you beat Islam in your like first UFC lightweight fight. Jeez, man, that's incredible. And it's see the thing with Islam is when he's at his best, it looks like he's unstoppable. But one of the fights I did watch, and granted it was a long time ago, but it was his one loss in the UFC, and like. Even when he's throwing now, he has this power and he's slick and he's very fast with his striking, but he does like leave himself open occasionally and like that against a guy like Volkanovski, that's tough. And you know, I, I know like me and you are leaning towards Volkanovski, but like I should you know give Islam his due because he is great on the ground. Like this is the thing: if if Volk can't get up, he's probably screwed. Like that's the biggest thing here. Like the, all the things that I'm talking about is if he can get up. I just personally believe that he can. But if Islam can really drown him, then this could be a really long night for Volkanovski. That's why I said I'm back and forth. Like, if I had to say what my prediction was, it's Volk 51 to 49. Like, I can't really choose confidently. And I don't believe anybody who has, like, a definitive answer. Besides, like, you know, I I get it if you're on one of the teams, (laughs) but that's different. I don't have one. Yeah, it's just impossible. So if you're coming to us for a prediction, you're not going to get a solid one. But people, if anyone has a solid one, they're, they're fucking lying to you. Yeah. But that's my view of it. But get this pay-per-view next week. Watch it however you can because this main event is going to be incredible. But I guess another event that we should talk about and probably one of the reasons why this hasn't been propped up as much as it should have, but Tough 31 just got announced. Uh, Conor McGregor is a coach versus Michael Chandler. So the return of Conor McGregor is set. No date yet, but I think the tough season is from May to August. So I would imagine that the fight is probably going to be in like September. Like uh, the Ortega and Volkanovski one and then you know, all the other ones we've is seen. Is McGregor the first repeat uh, tough coach? Nah, th- definitely back in the day, there was probably a couple like Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture. Ah, like people yeah. Like in those era. Yeah, that was Yeah. Those, and that's dude, yeah. those ones yeah, are the best ever. Yeah, those seasons tough were great. Was, yeah. Tough was, you know, that was, that was, I mean, that was like part of like, like the UFC's just straight, like just rise to, you yeah. know, just like main, like mainstream stardom and all that. Like mm-hmm. now tough it's like, you know, now iconic. it's, you know, now like after like it didn't even, it wasn't even going on until, what was it? The, what was the top 29? Was yeah, the it was return Ortega season? and Volk. That was that, was that fight. Yeah, so. now it's kind of like, you know. All like, circles back. <laughs> yeah, like an MMA reality show, which is fine. But, 
you know, like back then, like man, like I mean, dude, it was like, fun back the, then. The Forrest, like yeah, literally the Forrest Griffin Stefan Bonner fight saved, you know, yeah. the promotion. So that's yeah, that speaks for itself. Yeah, but, of course. And rest in peace, Stefan Bonner. I mean, I, when I think of tough, t- also like I think of like season five is one of my favorite seasons. But Nate Diaz, I remember. Rob Emerson writes on the wall. He's like, "Suck it, Team Pulver." And Nate <laughs> yeah, Diaz like yeah. literally took it personally. He's like, "Well, I'm Team Pulver." He's like, "So I just took that personally." He's like, "Yo, whoever wrote suck it, Team Pulver." Yeah, there's bu- <laughs> there just a shirt bunch, off. a bunch of unhinged dudes just in the same house. Yeah, in that <laughs> season, dude, there was like a fight in in the back like area, and the one dude like uh, slammed the one guy on his head on in on the concrete. Yeah, yeah. And they got kicked yeah. off the show. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Tough back in the day was some interesting stuff. I, another one that I like was um, it was the season. I think Brendan Shaw was on this season, but it was like Rampage versus Rashad Evans, and Rampage had a beef with the one dude at heavyweight because he kept calling him titties, and then the guy, the guy, literally like just like squared up with him, and he and like Rampage was like, dude, he's like. <laughs> but and yeah, I, mean, I remember I Dana when when he got to, after the the outside incident when. I, forget the names but when you just said about how he got slammed on his head i remember yeah. dan going like this is exactly why people think we're barbarians <laughs> and that and now you fast forward to now and he's running a whole freaking Power slap team. league dudes yeah. can't defend themselves and just it doesn't help but i'm happy that top is coming yeah. back i think that mcgregor is definitely going to bring a lot of eyes to it and i think that this could help in reviving like that show because the last two seasons are fun but like the drama wasn't crazy and you look at those early seasons obviously we're talking about all this drama and that was what made tough what it was and i think with conor mcgregor there you're bound to have some fireworks and you know you got chandler who's going to be saying corny shit the whole thing (laughs) you know what i am looking forward to though i'm looking forward to when chandler's coaching these dudes or or ladies i don't know what weight classes it's going to be i'm not sure if they said but I'm excited for his motivational talks with the guy because yeah. you know he's going to be dropping yeah. some gems, like some great life advice. <laughs> I'm ready to be motivated by Michael Chandler in Top 31, and I'm ready to hear some McGregor shit talk because this, this is going to be good. And I, I was thinking about this too. I think talking tough season yeah. two is definitely. Gonna I've be always a thing. just I've always just like liked and respected like the concept of the Ultimate Fighter. You know, mm-hmm. just like this, like the most like intent. What is it like the how the tagline goes like this is like the most intense or whatever job interview like i think that's actually have. the contender series oh <laughs> it's dude it's all well it's all yeah the then that's why that's why you know that's why tough wasn't even a thing for like the past a uh, uh, few years and stuff because of the contender series and like, now we're trying to prop up the contender series so yeah, I mean, it, uh, hey it's produced some great fighters now like because yeah now we're but, seeing some people get to the top but tough and then, yeah, fun, that's yeah, the challenge, and then how the coaches themselves face off uh, in the octagon afterwards is always it's awesome. Fun. So, and this yeah. is a huge fight. Like any Conor McGregor fight is automatically a huge one, but versus a guy like Michael. Well, Chimera, yeah, and his return fight, Conor McGregor's first fight in almost two years. Yeah, well, well I'm trying to think. When did I go? You yeah, it'll be yeah. over two years at that point because twenty one. That's yeah, nuts. because it's gonna be definitely gonna be in the fall. I don't because McGregor still um, has to be in the USADA testing pool. So, we're for Michael Chandler too. 
like good on him i think he he knows what he wants out of like at least you know maybe not his his mma career as a whole but i mean i guess his mma career as a whole but he just wants the biggest fights and just like the yeah. most Dude, he's, he's starting again though he's starting i can't yeah. take it i'm already see i posted about it like you I, you know i'm reading the quote i gotta like read it word for word because you know how he is dude with the see you at the top stuff and <laughs> yeah. this is no disrespect like i like michael chandler i think he's a great dude i think he's so fun to watch but this is what he said. Where is it? Okay. He's, <laughs> I could literally, like, in my head, I read it in his voice, but I don't know if I can do a Chandler impression. See you at the top. Yeah, man. He goes, he's going to feel my presence from the very beginning of the fight. And then from yeah, there, you gotta wherever cut it, the fight you gotta takes you got to cut it like the most WWE-style promo ever. If I want to pick him up and put him down, I can pick him up and put him <laughs> down and put a beating on him and get a submission that way. I believe I finished Connor in the second round. That's my Mystic Mike take on this. Later Mystic on this year, Mike. whenever it is. Mystic He's Mike. so corny. I can't take it. It's so corny. Like, I hope that McGregor just, like, yeah, roasts like, him a little bit. God, you, this you got the. But what I was. <laughs> something I was seeing was. um. So Armin Sarukian was trying to throw his hat in the ring and all that. Like, he's trying, because he's obviously trying to, like, this is a guy who's trying to get to the top, too. But I'm glad you're bringing this up. Now it's like, he's kind of being held down by these top guys. And I saw I saw a tweet along the lines of, like, oh, like, Chandler, Chandler ignoring or, like, you know, just disregarding Sarukian's call-out. Like, yeah, I mean, this, he is it. the king of, like, ducking up and coming. Well, yeah, and the thing <laughs> is, he didn't, he didn't really... He didn't. It's not like he ignored it, or he not like he literally acknowledged and responded to it, and and like you know, just just scoffed at it. It's very was cocky like, to like yeah. be calling your shot. Like I when get it, <laughs> I get it, but like the way he words it, dude. Like you were just saying how it's like all how corny it is and stuff. Like like how what like. Because his name, his last name starts with a T. Like, what did that have to do with Silent anything? Silent Yeah. I'll give him that. That was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> but that might have been the funniest thing he said in the past three years. <laughs> but I just, so, I don't like it. Because he's done this before. Like, you remember when Islam called him out and he was like, yeah, you know, he's good. But I don't, I, I love like when he says, well, he hasn't fought anybody. That's why he's calling you out. Like, you, if you're so good, then, you know, I, let me be clear though. If I was, like, you know, put me in this situation, if I was offered a Conor McGregor fight versus an Armand Saryukian fight, I'd have to be on something to take the Saryukian one. You know what I mean? Like, McGregor's red panty night. Everybody knows that. And Chandler, like you said, he wants these huge fights. And, yeah, it holds up the division, which is messed up. But at the end of the day, I can't fault it's him good for this. To have, it's good to have these huge... To want these huge fights and stuff. But, like, you know... If you want to keep the CU at the top saying going, then like you got to actually, like, you know, you got to win some of them, too. Yeah, well, we'll see how this one goes. The thing is, you know, he's been saying the same and then, thing. I'll like, use my yeah, wrestling. I'll like, use my wrestling. It's the same pattern. You keep every fight. getting these fights you want, and like, like the Gaethje fight, for instance, which he had in the bag. That was a winnable then, fight. And then, yeah, and then, like, just kind of let go just to keep just being, you know, Michael Chandler and just putting on a show for everybody. It's like, every fight, dude. Like, yeah, it's why you, wanna, you can't make a If you want to be at the top, like, you're going to have to, like, you know, especially if you're not winning these fights, like, you're going to have to fight. Like, you're going to have to fight fights that you have to fight that you don't necessarily want to fight. Like, that's just it. If he fights this Connor is the, yeah. the way that he fought Tony Ferguson, I think this is going to be very bad for Conor McGregor. But 
if he fights him the way that he fought Gaethje, the way he fought yeah. Poirier, then this is a yeah. much more even fight. Cause... I saw, yeah, and I saw, I mean, I guess with, like, you know, with, like, things that get a hot, you know, just naturally with things that get a lot of hype around them, like, there's just going to be the people that try to bring it down and hate and stuff. I guess in that, with, with this, for that crowd, was people saying, like, oh, it should have been Tony Ferguson. And I think that, too, yeah. but that, I can't hate this matchup. Yeah, I can't hate nuts. it either. I mean, like, yeah, it's been a rough few years for tony ferguson too so you know i just yeah it was a lot if tony's gonna keep if tony ferguson could keep going you just want him to have the best fight possible you know you yeah. want to see i like the nate scared. diaz matchup albeit accidental but yeah which sucked but... <laughs> yeah well we can thank comms out for that one yeah <laughs> but, yeah I don't know, i'm hyped for that season like i said before i think there, there's definitely gonna be a season two of talking tough and i i have a feeling that this season is gonna should, be a good yes, one there should, yeah. i'm excited for that genuinely but i guess we can get into a couple of the fights from uh this weekend you know the ufc this is ufc vegas 68 now and I heard something that they, they're going to be, like, trying to get away from the Apex later in the year, like, for good, pretty much. Like, they'll probably have so, a card yeah, in there. I, I, I saw that the Marlon Vera and um, Corey Sanhagen fight got moved from the Apex to an He has arena. that San Antonio card in uh, so March. That's a, that's a, so that's a that's a positive sign. But. Yeah, I think that they're going to be trying to do... And how about Blanchfield getting that main event now versus Santos? I love that. That's going to be fun after next week's card. But, you know, back to UFC Vegas 68, obviously. Mainly, there's really... The thing I want to talk about is the main event because Sergey Spivak just mauled Derek Lewis. Yeah. Dude. Just, what were yeah. your thoughts on that? That... Shoot, man. That felt like... That felt like a message. That felt like a message to John Jones and Cyril Gaon. Now, probably, like, so if we're going to talk about that fight real quick in terms of predictions and stuff, like, come on, like, you can't really, like, bet against John Jones, like, until you legit see him lose. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. how long he's been gone for. Like, you know, John Jones is in a fight, you know, you're, you're like, you're more than likely putting, like, you're just betting on his side i'll tell you this like for me personally if francis and ganu can out grapple surreal gone john jones is gonna manhandle yeah like that's so i'm thinking like you know so assuming Cyril gun loses like i think like, speed i think it's a fight between him and speedbox might not be that like far out of the picture honestly i think like Cyril gun would need like one more fight one more win to get back at you know to a title shot and like Maybe Spivak is that fight. Who knows? But, you know, you also got to think of a guy like Tom Aspinall. You know, he's still yet to come back. And, yeah. like, he's going to shake up things. But, you know, John Jones as heavyweight champion, like, one way or another is going to... That's like, going to change. It's going to be a crowd. <laughs> it's going to be a real crowded, like, top of, you know, the heavyweight division. So, a guy like Spivak, it's going to, you know, a win like this in that fashion, like, is definitely exactly what he needs to, like, get hit throw his hat in the ring and like maybe get that opportunity but yeah. i love the john jones call out for Spivak. i thought that was smart yeah i, love that he I mean shoot, i didn't too, even yeah it. i didn't even see the call out but there you have it like yeah i loved it. and dude his the way he won in the, his grappling is something like else yeah dude that was like wow that was unreal unbelievable yeah and it's just for Derek lewis too like man like it's unfortunate i don't like by no means is Derek lewis done but it's a tough matchup. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, you can't I don't know, man. Like the gate, I guess. Like you know, I guess like the gatekeeper status might just be might know, be there at yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, it was tough. I honestly believed that Derek Lewis was going to win this fight, 
like I definitely saw the potential for yeah. Speedbox yeah, to do what I he ended up that. doing. Because I, mean, I was seeing everyone was talking about the pic, the side by side picture too of you know Derek Lewis in this camp and True. how and his, how in shape he was and stuff. But yeah, and you hear and every time he like I remember when he fought Curtis Blades, he was very like similarly motivated. And obviously, remember he starched Curtis Blades in that fight. And every time, like I think that Lewis is like motivated. It, he seems to do a little better, but I think yeah, in this I one's even, a bad matchup. I didn't even really put much stock into I was just putting more stock into, all right, I think Derek Luce is just going to fight this a lot more, like, calculated and just, like, not, like, straight. Like, yeah, it's a heavyweight fight at the end of the day, but especially with an opponent like Spivak, like, you know, you can't just go, like, sh- you know, you can't just look for the, the kill, like, just straight from the bat. I think that's the guy, like, you got to feel out and, like, you yeah. know. You gotta you gotta fight the fight, you know, you don't can't fight it at his pace and then just let him just do what he did to Derek Lewis. So um From yeah. the second takedown on, Derek's like body language completely changed. Like yeah, he was he getting was, up but the uh, mat returns were yeah, nuts. He wasn't ready for that. And you can't blame him. That was just an incredible performance by Sergey Spivak. So it was yeah. something else. Huge like, win. Those Good mat returns him. are even though it happened at like three a.m., but <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I like I said, I was kind of half in, half out during Bellator because of that, and mm-hmm. like eventually I will. I actually woke up just in time for the main card for <laughs> UFC, which was phenomenal, <laughs> and uh, I caught like some of the Bellator stuff later on. But I was all that to watch Derek Lewis lose, which is like yeah, suck, dude. Cause I, I'll, I, I won't lie to the I won't lie to the viewers. I put a little money on him by knockout because I was and. You know, how can you blame me? I mean, like, if it was, if Spivak didn't do that, that's the way the fight would have gone. Like, it's one or the other in that case. So it was really 50-50 if you think about it. But, yeah, no, Spivak definitely lived up to the hype in that one and made sense why he was such a, fav- like, decent favorite now. So, yeah, Derek Lewis, it's tough. But, like I said, when you're getting Matt returned constantly like that, it's you just saw like the technique go out the window after like the second or third time and he would just look lost in there really. yeah and he dude he fell like right into that arm triangle too it was like so clean and he he tapped like right away it was one of those things it just looked well, yeah like and over. like speedbox he tried for the arm tri- that Derek lewis got out of the first time around and he still managed to win with the arm triangle yeah. the heavyweight like that's a problem. So yeah, for me, it's just if he can do it for five rounds, because it's like yeah, you know, that's a that, relentless yeah. pace. Yeah, exactly. Like I think when he gets towards the top of the division, I think it'll be more interesting. And when it comes to those upper level opponents, like guys like maybe I don't think he might fight Stipe, but guys like that who have the grappling credentials, like Curtis Blades, even Tom Aspinall mm, yeah. is a good grappler Blades, too. man, that would make it awesome fight i want to see him versus pavlovich that, that that might even have been made at this point i don't even know but i know like they were already talking about that but yeah i mean yeah that was, i feel bad for Derek lewis it sucks such a fan favorite the guy who's well on his way to you know that championship like status but yeah. well when you run into dc yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean that sucks. <laughs> sucks. john jones freaking coming back as a heavyweight like probably doesn't help <laughs> probably doesn't help yeah it doesn't it more than likely doesn't help yeah. whatsoever because dc like especially screwed him up on the ground <laughs> yeah that was a pretty uh, bad one that looked a lot like this fight but spivak did it a lot even even easier than dc did but besides that fight, the only other one that I really kind of wanted to talk about, because I thought it was cool that Duho Choi came back and he fought to a draw against Kyle Nelson. 
But my main question is, I don't know, did you see like the headbutt that they took the point away for? What What do you think of that? That's like I my main was wrong. question. You thought, I thought it was wrong. messed up. I um, think one morning would have been yeah, enough. I, like, I think Choi, because Choi, I think Choi like had that fight, like you know. So yeah. the first round was very close. I think Choi just like just returning and all. Like, Three years. You know, yeah. So he got like a, you know, like just kind of like yeah, just trying to like get his the uh, get his feet wet again and his legs under him. And then from there, like, he looked, like, pretty comfortable. I mean, he lost the second round, but that third round, like, it seemed like, okay, like, you know, as long as the judges don't, you know, watch some completely other fight like they tend to do, like, I think it should be a good win for Duho Choi. And then, like, that, I thought, yeah, that was, <laughs> that, was, that was a little too much. I yeah, think. I, I would have liked at least a warning. I will say this, though. I do like a ref taking a point for an illegal strike. But one warning, like you gotta give a warning, like and that wasn't on purpose either. You could tell he did that by accident, and I just think one warning, then maybe do it, and yeah. people would still think that's too soon. But I'm kind of in the Aljamain Sterling school of thought in the fact that, you know, how many how many tries are you gonna give him? Like in my opinion, it should be one warning and then take away a point. This one was none though, so I think it was a little too soon. So, besides that, Bellator 290 was obviously uh, this past weekend, too. Sabah Hamasi versus Brendan Ward was a war. Johnny Evelyn is the man, dude. Like, he he dominantly defeated Toko. freak. Yeah, I like him a lot. I think that he could be, like, a top UFC middleweight along with, like, Bellator. He's beaten some guys, man. Tokov, Musasi. This, this dude hasn't even looked phased in the cage this whole, like, the whole time he's been in belt at least the fights that i've seen him in he's just straight dominated every single one of them so i think that johnny evelyn is the real deal and he's got that dude he's ginger you know what i'm saying good for him i think that's a plus and at least in my book dude he's got like the bra he's got like the brock lesnar field especially <laughs> at this fight you saw the suplex oh at the god end. that was nasty that was freaking ridiculous and tokov ain't easy to take down oh my that's like the you, other but thing. you wouldn't you wouldn't <laughs> think so from this fight every single like grappling exchange was just johnny evelyn just dominating yeah, unreal att has something crazy on their hands and that guy but and then you had the main event too with uh fedor versus ryan bader I don't know about you. I know I talked about it a tiny bit to you before the pod, but like I didn't think Fedor really had much of a chance. And no. he, you know he was great in his day, but yeah. Ryan Bader is still like a force in Bellator, and I think that matchup, if you wanted Fedor to win, was just a bad one. Just a, yeah, just another instance of these legends just being just carted out and stuff. I thought you were going to say Bellator shooting themselves in the <laughs> no, That's no. what I was going to say. Because they love to do that, man. And this fight was another one. Like, you too, can't give yeah. a legend like that a guy who he might beat instead of Ryan Bader. Like, come on. And I, I love Bader, too, saying, like, yeah, I'm ready to be the villain. Like, what, what do you want me to do, go in there and lose? Like, exactly. You Right from there, I was like, okay, Bader's not afraid of this guy whatsoever. I mean, when you go in there, look, how old is Fedor? Let's just, I don't want to get it wrong, but he's in his 40s. 46. I go on like Google when you look it up, he doesn't have a birthday. It's just 1976. <laughs> that's that's a little scary if you think about it. He's a scary individual. Well, yeah, where the dude to be 46 doing what he's doing. Hey, I mean, champion. he's had wins too recently. I'm better go on his topology and like look into some of his career because he's like 
his day was pride. Like, he was the guy in pride. And that was before really our time watching MMA. But you read about Fedor and you listen to people talk about him. And this dude was legit. There's no two ways about it. Unless you're Dana White and you just want to shit on him because he didn't want to sign with the UFC. <laughs> but beat Heath Herring, Noguera, Gary Goodrich, Mark Coleman, Kevin Randleman. Oh my God, there's so many. There's so many. Mark Hunt, Matt Lindland. Tim Sylvia, Andre Arlovsky, uh, so, Aoki, oh my god. The, you, you, yeah, you have a point about the whole instance Jeez. about Bellator shooting themselves, and themselves in the foot too. But I got reminded of the Shogun fight. And so this, this is actually kind of a conversation from when I was watching the MMA Hour before the Brazil pay-per-view. Sure. But before the Shogun fight, Ariel was saying something along the line. I don't know, this is afterwards because, yeah, he's talking about the fight itself. But mm-hmm. it's afterwards, him talking about, like, so there's two, there's, like, two sides to this coin, right? So you, you, you either give the legend a guy, like, okay, a guy who's, you know, up and coming, like, not known really at all, not all that skilled and stuff. Like, obviously, a lot of, a long way to go, a long, like, and then you obviously, you're taking on a guy who's already went that long way. So, you give him that guy to like maybe like all right so the guy if he if he wins he puts on a nice performance even if he loses like he can get his name out there and then we can maybe push him a little bit depending on how like he wants to fight and also like we're giving the we're giving you know the legend like a, a, a beatable opponent like albeit like way younger and stuff but beatable just not just simply not as skilled hasn't been in the cage as long as you know you have hasn't fought the guys that he has the fights all of that stuff so there's that side where you could be like you know oh and then if the legend loses to that guy it's like come on like you couldn't give him like a more like well-known respectable name that like people could be like oh i don't i get it like it makes sense like maybe like maybe we weren't really expecting him to win this fight whereas like okay maybe a lot of people were especially being in brazil too i think a lot of people were expecting shogun to win that fight and then you have this instance where fedor is taking on the freaking champion and then obviously gets just destroyed in like the first freaking like minute of the of the fight so it's like it's a really like interesting dynamic that had me thinking i kind of want to get like your thoughts on it like which one like you would prefer so like the way you're talking about this this fight was you know like come on you're giving this dude ryan freaking bader to get you know sent out on no yeah no free ads but you're giving this guy brian bader get sent out on (laughs) yeah i just or you know you give like you give the legend a guy like no one really knows about but he's younger he's up and coming and then if he loses like it's i think like it that. depends on the person and fedor to his credit even at his older age he's still been beating guys in the past few years like you know not everybody but he's had some wins and i think about when you were talking about that one of the fights that came to my mind was um frankie edgar and chris gutierrez i thought that was a, a good matchup even at the time like because it was very similar to, like, the blueprint you were giving. Because, like, Gutierrez, obviously, nowhere near as experienced as Frankie Edgar. But Frankie Edgar was definitely on, like, the downtrend at that point. And Gutierrez, you know, he won the fight dominantly with that flying knee. And now he has a name that you can push. And I think that that wasn't disrespectful to do to Frankie because you gave him a guy that he had a chance at beating, but not a guy that was a guaranteed win. I think that's more respectable like just because you want to you want to respect what they've done by not just feeding them to somebody who's going to literally just kill them but 
at the same time you want to you don't want to give them a gimme because that in a way is disrespecting them too you're like you did all this and you're saying i can't beat anybody now like because that's kind of how i view it with tony that's why i wanted to see tony versus connor because i think they're at like an interesting crossroads here because they both lost a couple and i think that this could be good for one i love them, those kinds of fights too or like you know whether it's two guys that had had their heyday and now they're at this crossroads and they're meeting or just you know just two legends just like either running back a fight from when they're both in their prime or like you know very young or you know it's two legends that are just like both on their way out and then just decide like hey like what better time to you know put this fight together like what was it the matt brown versus carlos condit fight uh for what like he's like what, what like one of the, uh <laughs> um you know there's an instance of like just two like ogs that like obviously would have put on a great fight back in their day but oh now, yeah like, yeah we don't yeah, get it that, until, yeah like, i remember this that late in their careers okay yeah because i was in like i want to say i was in like abu dhabi but i'm not sure that was a good fight i remember that one it was close yeah. too at the time even you know old old fighters like in robbie lawler versus nick diaz like obviously it wasn't the way that the first fight was but it was fun like it was entertaining while yeah. it lasted you know they were yeah. at very similar points and like i just true fight think it's fans, like, yeah i think true fight fans always appreciate that too yeah so. and those walkouts were incredible that that fight i just love that I've watched that a few times. You know whose walkouts I was actually watching recently too? I was watching, it was Ben Askren with the Give Up the Funk. I always loved that. I wish he was still around, man. Yeah, I should have worn the, wore the Funky Ben shirt. Dude, yeah, you're right. Honestly, instead <laughs> I'm wearing a Jose Canseco jersey. But not really much else to talk about for this one. I think next week we're going to have a ton to talk about once this main event uh, between Alexander Volkanovsky and Islam Makhachev is over. The fact that it's Super Bowl weekend, too, I think is kind of cool. Like, you know, you're going right from that to the Super Bowl. So that's kind of dope. Who you got in the Super but Bowl? But, like, and also, uh, so before you, that. Yeah, before yeah. <laughs> we'll end with But the also, Bowl. like, now it's like, especially in that instance, the day before, you know, the country is going to be watching, like, this one sporting event. Like, you would think, like, UFC, like, would really go all out to promote this play. Like, hey, don't forget that this is happening the day before, you know? So, yeah, that's pretty unfortunate. But, yeah. Anyways, the Super Bowl prediction. Sure. I'll give you even an exact score prediction. Okay. It will be a score of 34 to 27, the Philadelphia Eagles. Super okay. Bowl champion. I like that. I'm on. I'm on the Eagles train right now. I like Jalen Hurts. I like I do a lot keep of their players. Going back and I think the Eagles straight up just have the better roster, but the Chiefs just have you know the experience and you know the Great be- team arguably chemistry. yeah one of the best coaches ever, um, one of the I best quarterbacks ever. Yeah. So the fact that we get one of the biggest fights in UFC history and then. We're gonna be getting one of the better games in NFL history in terms of like both rosters. I'm I'm excited for it, but I I got the Eagles too. I don't know about a score, but you know it's gonna be an electric fly, game. Eagles, fly. They, I think, yeah, it's in Arizona, which they it's gonna be in a dome. I mean, unless I don't know what they're gonna do if they're gonna open the roof or whatever. But even if it's in a dome or whatever, like 
you know, those make for pretty, like, electric games and stuff. It's gonna have, like, you know, like, a college, like, yeah, like, they, obviously, like, obviously this is on the way bigger scale, but, like, I have that college football, like, national championship. Not this year's college football national championship. Because they're, like, 65 to 7 yeah, or something like absolute that. absolute joke. But, <laughs> oh, no. you know, usually when you get the two best college teams going at it, like, it's just straight, just the pay, like, you just see, like, how, like, passionate these guys are playing and how fast they're playing. It's, like, yeah, you see a bunch of guys that are obviously going to be in the NFL one day, and then now we're in the Super Bowl stage. So I like this. it's an even match. Yeah, it's an even matchup. There's a bunch of talent all throughout. It's yeah. going to be a crazy, Mahomes great and Hurts too. Or you know, Mahomes obviously is much more established, but Jalen Hurts is also turning into one of the best quarterbacks in football. I really, yeah, I want him to show out because I do you know, too. I think I've. I've been on the Jalen Hurts train even before this season. Same, dude. I of, I don't understand why people. I like I'm not as big of a football fan as you, but even last year I remember people were just like shitting on him, and they he brought them to the playoffs. I'm like, how bad could this guy it's be? Most like, if likely he's, because of the team he plays for. Like, yeah. I mean, I see they things. I see fans. things along the lines. So just Jalen Hurts' draft class just alone, like is for quarterbacks a really talented draft class and. You have the, you know, I think the consensus crowd is set, would say that Joe Burrow's the best quarterback from the class. I just, or just even Justin Herbert, and I like, I just, I don't agree. I don't. I think it's Jalen Hurts, and now here's Jalen Hurts on the biggest stage to like further prove that. So, this is gonna be big. There's a lot of storylines and stuff. The Kelsey Bowl. Shout yeah. out to the New Heights podcast. Good yeah. listen. But yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm I don't game. know. I was, dude, this whole postseason, I was sick of it because, you know, I was already pissed enough because the Saints were awful. <laughs> but, you know, so I definitely went into the playoffs a little bitter. But then when the Giants the beat Saints, the Vikings. I mean, well, the Eagles didn't have Jalen Hurts. So, more, I wanted to give the Saints that moral victory of beating the Eagles in Philadelphia. Hey, but... man, don't sleep on Uncle Rico in Gardner <laughs> Minshew. He's the man, too. But they, they, they have a good team. Like, that's still a good win. It was a yeah. good way to end the season, well, yeah, in my the opinion. the roster throughout is, like, super talented. So. Yeah, but my thing is, like, they beat the Vikings. I'm talking about the Eagles now. They beat the Vikings. And... Then these Giants fans, dude, they killed these Giants fans kept, were killing me. And you know, if any of them watched the pod, they know who they are. They thought that they thought that they were gonna win, Absolutely. even though they had no chance, I no have chance. Some yeah, pissed me off, dude. I was so sick of hearing. I was saying to my friends at work, I was like, I hope that the Eagles beat the Giants fifty-one to three, and they it wasn't that far off. <laughs> they destroyed the Giants because my whole thing with that game was they're like, I think the Giants have a chance. I'm like, why? Explain to me how. Because the Eagles have a better quarterback. They have a better uh, they have better receiving core, better run game, better offensive line. And the defensive line, the Giants have a good defense, Like, but the Eagles have the, one of the best offensive lines in the sport. So I was like, that kind of negates it. And you're taking away the best part of the Giants team, and the Eagles defense was already going to lock down the Giants. So when I was going into that game, I was like, the Giants – they have like a puncher's chance going back to MMA talk, <laughs> but and then they got destroyed. So it sucked. You know, I like these people. This is nothing personal, <laughs> but I'm I'm kind of glad their team lost, <laughs> dude. Because the, you like they say Eagles fans are cocky, but the Giants fans they were a little too high on their team this year, in my opinion. But they'll be good for years to come, I think. So this isn't going to be their last chance at the Eagles, in my opinion. 
But this Super Bowl between the Eagles and the Chiefs is going to be fun. Can't believe we're ending the MMA show with this. But next week we're going to be talking about basically the UFC Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Islam versus Volk. I can't wait to talk about it. But until next week, guys.